everybody. Today is a great opportunity on the A Better Next Birth podcast. We're going to talk to Daisy. I got to be with her in her fifth birth. Babies number one, two, and three were pretty run-of-the-mill hospital experiences. She'll tell you about those. And then baby number four was a pretty big deal. And I think that one's going to bring some tears to your eyes. And then baby number five was the big redemptive birth that she's so proud of. So looking forward to sharing this with you. Here we go. We get to hear from Daisy. So as you know, I've delivered five times. I've been pregnant five times. Yeah, girl, five times. It's impossible with how young you are. Oh, you're so sweet. Um, Yeah, so five times. And so the first time it's exciting. It's a little bit intimidating to try to navigate. So luckily I found the Women's Health Center and they were wonderful there. It's closer to midwifery than it is your standard going to an office, except for the fact it was almost like going and being interrogated right and and so it felt a little bit cold it was fine I think that most if not all of my birthing stories were wonderful because I'm here my children most of them are here but I learned very quickly what I wanted and what I didn't like right and so that first time the midwife that helped was great I never met my doctor any of them it's really common to not meet your doctor before the birth, especially because doctors can be in a group of 12 doctors, right? Oh, totally. And so then you could wind up with somebody you've never met, or you could just see the nurse practitioner your whole pregnancy and then wind up at the birth with a doctor you haven't met yet. So that's a very normal experience. Um, So the first time it was just a lot of paperwork. It, It kind of weird, a little bit strange to me. So everything was foreign. Everything was new. It was okay going and going there with my husband was okay. It was fine. Delivering the baby was a whole different story. I was there and it was, there was like a blackout in San Diego. So that part of it made it even more interesting. I remember uh, that but I was there. You gave birth the night of the blackout? Yeah, totally. And the it was one time in 30 it was, years. I, it was okay because wow. I didn't want all the lights and I didn't want to see the sterile room. So it ended up where they had like a spotlight on me, which was interesting. But so anyway, so I went in for a checkup and the midwife said, oh, you're pretty ready. Should I go a little rough? And then you never know. So I said, okay, sure. I was ready to have the baby. So it ended up being where I, she broke my waters there. And so I stayed there, had me went home and grabbed my things. And I was there for five hours. But in that time, there was a million different nurses that came in. A lot of which were like, one especially, which was like making the most absurd comments, comments you don't want to hear when you're in labor. And then also saying, oh, you're not going to be able to do this. You're going to work. You're going to need an epidural. And then she sent the, what is the name for the person? Epi what? The anesthesiologist. Exactly. So she sent him in and then they were really bothered that I, I was really confused and not wanting it. So they were like huffing and puffing. And then there was one particular nurse who said, no, you'll be fine. If you don't want it, it's okay. And I'm looking around for someone like back me up. I didn't want to go into this getting an epidural. I want to just know what I'm feeling. And I want to deliver my baby and and be aware and just everything. And so the gentleman said, it's okay. You can have a little bit of, I don't know if it was fentanyl really. 
Was it, it was going to take the edge in IV off. or the back? In the IV. Okay. Yeah. So and I agreed to it just to appease to everybody saying you're scaring me. And then I thought, what if I, what if it is too much? So they gave me half of that. And the only, it didn't take the pain away. The only thing that did is I felt like I had one too many margaritas. It was an awful feeling. Mm-hmm. I would have the contractions and I'd be alert and feel everything. And then I would just all of a sudden be just so tired. And so I didn't like that feeling at all. It didn't help. So I did that for a while. And then all of a sudden the baby was ready and the baby wanted to be delivered. There was a plethora of nursing. They had a spotlight on me and they said, no, the doctor's around the corner. You have to wait for the doctor. (laughs) And by this time I'm feeling that I could just push the baby out immediately, any second. And so your autonomy is taken away because you feel that they know what they're doing. You really don't know what's going on. You don't know what to do. So I listened and they said, just breathe it out. Just hold the baby, hold the baby. The doctor's not here. So I was like, okay. And at that point I start hyperventilating because the feeling oh. of pushing baby out is so intense. So my husband comes and he's so sweet. He's playing music in the background. He's being as supportive as possible. He's wonderful. And he's in my face and we're both breathing together. And the nurse comes, one of them comes around and says, you're, you're doing it wrong. It's too fast. Slow it oh. down. So they're working on my breathing not to deliver the baby, but to hold the baby in. Can you imagine being ready? Do you know how awful that is? Ready to deliver a baby. And they're like, no, breathe it out. Breathe it, just hold it in. So the feeling is horrendous. So there I am breathing this, breathing out. Like, where's the doctor? He's around the corner. Okay. And then doctor who I've never met before comes in and he goes, oh, the ring of fire. Before then the nurse goes, oh, the baby's really large. Her head is really large. And I'm like, That's really what I want to hear when I'm going to have a baby. So the doctor comes in, he says, ring of fire. So he takes a syringe and he stabs me right in the vagina. And I don't know what that did because I don't feel that it did anything except it was painful. And then the worst part is then he goes in to do the episiotomy. Again, no real medication. So I feel it all. Was it necessary? No. The, another doctor said, was so upset about it, said, not another doctor, but the nurse, nice, really nice one that was looking out for me. He said, that was not necessary. You would have been able to deliver the baby just fine, but he's much oh. older. And I think that's just what he did. So right. he does that. And at that point, I, I scream because the pain is awful. And it kind of traumatizes my husband. Delivering is a natural thing, but all of a sudden it becomes gory. I deliver the baby. So from there, everything is wonderful, except then you have to go pee. You have to. And of course it's, everything's just so painful then. And you go and you can't go because it's like, your body's not ready for that yet. Yeah. So I sit there and I'm sitting there for 15 minutes and the midwife actually who's still working there comes in and she checks on the baby and the baby's beautiful and wonderful and she's like a little lobster and she's red and super alert and she's so cute she was a little seven seven pounds oh. yeah a little over seven pounds. so that part of it was wonderful and after going through all of that I the, within hours I thought to myself this is amazing it's incredible how quickly you lose sight of how <laughs> kind of scary it may have been and I thought this is amazing I'm ready to have another baby right now Wow. So I think the love that you have for your child and you see your little baby, you hug your baby, you nurse your baby. It's just so amazing. But did I need to hold the baby? And no, did I need to have the episiotomy done? No, I don't think so. 
of course, being the first baby, I didn't know all of this. And I went through it and I thought, oh my God, it was the greatest experience ever. It was amazing, right? Anyway, so the second time around, I guess what I would like to share with other women with going through that first one is maybe stick to your guns, listen to your body. I think that delivering a baby is natural and it's wonderful and we're made to do it and we're strong enough and it's empowering. And so to give that power to somebody else, for someone else to tell you what to do and what to feel and what not to feel and how to breathe and what it's just, it's not the greatest. I don't know. I think having more knowledge and listening to yourself and putting your foot down, whether it's with a nurse or a doctor or whoever, but it's easy to get pushed into it. And it's easy to feel confused and to feel that you're wrong and everybody else is right. It's easy when it's, you know, especially your first one. Exactly. So with the second baby, we got pregnant nine months later. So I had the baby a year and a half later. And it was so exciting. I went to the same place this time. And the interesting thing is, is I don't remember this experience as much. It was like very routine. There was no emotion. It was just, you go, you do, you pee in a cup, you get weighed, you, whatever, all the paperwork at that place. Um, And then delivering the baby. Okay. So now we're going back to the whole point is what you learn and what you would do differently. Right. And I thought after that first experience, I do not want a doctor there. That's what I learned. I was like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be cut. That's what I think I was like scared of that because it was awful. But then delivering the baby, I waited at home as much as I could. And so I went and I delivered the baby within the hour. And I did it in the triage and I delivered the baby. And then the doctor came in and that's all. And this time the same nurse was there and the doctor did not, because I delivered the baby, he wasn't able to go in and do the procedure, the episiotomy at all. So I was super happy about it. I was like, this is the greatest ever. I go, I deliver at a hospital, no doctor there to tell me what to do. This is great. So I love that one. But the whole experience was very like, nah. And then the third time I thought this was great. No doctor there. This is the best. So the third time I had a doctor, this was now I went to a different place, right? Because I wanted a slightly different experience and I wanted to know who the doctor was going to be. So I went to this different doctor and he was great. He ended up calling me a hippie because some of the tests I was like, is this necessary? If not, so I don't feel the need to go through with them. And he was like, oh, you're such a hippie. I thought, okay, whatever, which is great. So I didn't mind it at all. But then the last, what kind of turned me off with that one was at the last month, he pushed the being induced. He said, you want, I, I've been with you this entire time. You want me to deliver the baby? We need to induce you. Have you thought about it? Every single time. And I thought, I really like this guy until now. He's being really pushy about something I don't want to do. So then I go in to deliver the baby. And of course, it's a different doctor. But again, I didn't want to be at the hospital tied down for long. So I waited at home as much as possible. And then when I go in with a smile and then they ask me before entering the triage, what is your pain level? And of course I'm like, like, hold on and smiling about it. And I didn't want to psych myself out. So I was like, okay, it's not bad with a smile. And then I go into the triage and of course they start poking around and checking, which I hated so much. 
And they, I think with her, they take out a smiley chart. What is your pain level? Like super smiley or super upset? And I'm like, again, I didn't want to suck myself up. So I kept saying, it's not bad. And I did it with a smile and the contraction would come and I would put up my finger and be like, one moment. And so they didn't believe me. They didn't think that I was having a baby. And so they said, you're not probably not in labor. You might have to come back tomorrow. <laughs> but I felt the baby like descending. And so I'm in the bathroom changing. And I'm like, oh, this baby's ready. It's gonna. And I go and I lie down and there are tiny little triage. And going back to you have to feel safe, you have to feel comfortable. For a moment, I didn't. It's bright in there. You small little uncomfortable bed. There's other people in there. And so I think that my body was for a second, hold it in for a second. And so they checked and said, oh, no, you're going to have to, you're going to have to leave. And at this point, I'm so confused. And I'm looking around like somebody like, what's happening right now? My husband's pacing back and forth, like super nervous. He goes and grabs my mom. My mom comes in puts her hand on my forehead. And the minute that she puts her hand on my forehead, I think my body felt, okay, I'm comfortable, the baby, and I'm closing my legs, right? Cause I'm like, I, they're telling me I'm not ready. I guess I'm not ready. I'm lying in bed, closing my legs. She comes and puts her hand on my forehead. And at that moment I deliver the baby. The baby just comes out. No pushing, nothing. It was just, baby just came out. And so <laughs> the baby's just laying there. <laughs> I don't know where the nurse went. She ran out. She freaked out. <laughs> the funny thing about that, my mom was trying really hard to make me feel comfortable. And she's like moving the little tiny bed. <laughs> and so I think the nurse comes in and she finally, she puts the baby on me. And I was like, oh, like her little baby. It's so sweet. Uh, and then the doctor comes in. And at this point, it's whatever, two in the morning. And this was a really funny doctor. He was flirting with my mom and it was really weird. And just being such a goofy doctor, oh. I don't know if he was, had taken something to wake up. He was a goofy, oh. goofy doctor. So I'm really happy that I delivered the baby with no doctor there. Yeah. So the baby was great. Everything was wonderful Yeah. up oh. to that point. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that was my thing. I was like, I, the first experience was a little challenging. So it's the second and the third time, no doctor there delivering the triage within the hour. It was great. I loved it. It was like delivering on your own. It was great. So fourth baby, fourth baby during COVID, right? Which was already hard in itself. So I get pregnant, super happy, very excited. Uh, and then at some point in my pregnancy, months in maybe, oh, and in the beginning. So looking for a doctor at this point, the doctor that I had with the third baby had retired. I waited a little while to find one. And then I was frantic to to find a good one right covid time so it's a little bit scary and i get referred to one by a wonderful acquaintance you go in everything's so cute acrylic little pictures on the wall it's never nice they were really awful they were rude never once met the doctor one of my appointments was on valentine's day because i really wanted to get in i waited for two hours and by the time i'm in tears and i felt terrible Nothing was addressed. It was a really horrible experience. They were rude. They were so rude to me. Uh, and it was just going in, going pee in a cup, weighing yourself, seeing the nurse. And it's, they have a list of things that they go through with you very quickly. And that's it. But during the fourth pregnancy, COVID, I was emotionally unwell, physically unwell. I had been under the weather. I had whatever cold, whether it was COVID or whatever it was for about two months where I was 
throwing up vigorously. And so I thought, okay, maybe it's the pregnancy. And I believe that it partly could have been that, but I don't think so. I think it was, I was really unwell. So I was just physically, just completely, everything was unwell. And so when a nurse puts her gloves on, really, really afraid of me, terribly afraid with her mask, she touches a little bit and she just brushes it off. So doesn't address any concern at all. So then I'm, you know, then I leave. And of course they don't really, at that time, they didn't want to see me. And it was like, if you feel anything, just call. And so they, I called several times after that. So I would call and I would say, I, I don't feel well. This is what I feel. This is what's going on. I, what can I do? What should I do? And their answer was several times, take Claritin. Like oh. my mind was blown. There was wow. such little care. So it was an awful experience for me. Yes. So Daisy, when you were getting such little care, did it ever cross your mind? Were you ever, is there not a better way? Or did you just think this is it? This is how it is. You know what? At that point I was like, it's COVID. This sucks. I was afraid of going to the doctors. They were afraid of everybody coming in. So it was a combination of everything, but, but still it's your, like, it was their job, right. To make sure right. that, that the moms are okay, that they're healthy. That was their job. Yeah. But, if I may, there's a story I recorded last week from a different mom that I've worked with. Uh-huh. Christy had beep healthcare last year and uh-huh. like five months ago and went in and said, I do not feel well. I do not feel well. I think I have preeclampsia. And they were like, you're fine. She's, can you yeah. run some tests? This is five months ago, my friend, not during COVID. Yeah. yeah. So she said, can you yeah. please run some tests? And they were like, no, you don't really need it. You're fine. Yeah. Because her mm-hmm. blood pressure was normal. She had preeclampsia. That's awful. Awful. If she hadn't, had, they... if she hadn't had me, if she hadn't had a midwife oh willing to run the tests, yeah. she, she long-term consequence is she could have died. Right. It's so just, awful. It's crazy to me that they brush it off. It's almost like they don't listen to you. They just go off of what's your blood pressure and your whatever it is that they go off of. It's almost like they don't listen to you. So it's awful. I hated it. And it wasn't, it's very expensive. And so I just felt like the care that I received was really, and I'm sorry, my friend, really shitty, really terrible. (laughs) It was awful. Okay. So then it just, it gets a little even more sad. So then finally I'm like, help me. Don't come in. We don't want to see you. We don't want to see anyone right now. And so finally I go into labor and I go into labor a few weeks. I was 36 weeks and four days or something like that a little bit early, but because the rest of them I had a week earlier, I thought, Oh, I guess the baby's ready. The baby must be ready. And so I go in to deliver the baby. And obviously then also like going in was scary. Like you couldn't have, my husband had to stay outside. So I go in to get checked out by myself and the woman's all, the nurse there was like really freaked out herself. And so the whole energy was really weird. And she goes to check and there's no heartbeat. And I'm, you don't believe it. Right. And so another, another nurse or another yeah nurse comes in and she checks and no heartbeat. And so I'm married in a makeshift triage because at that point, the triage is being filled by many other people who do have like COVID or whatever. And so it's this weird, just little makeshift place. And they look at the screen, it's just the baby. 
no movement, no heartbeat, nothing. And so at that point, I felt it was like you've just been hit by a train. You don't know what, what's going on. You don't know what to say. You don't know what to feel, nothing. And, you're by and finally, this at this point, the doctor comes in and the nurse does her due diligence and she checks to make sure the cord is not like in the vagina or whatever. So actually, Daisy, what I was trying to ask is, so right at the point where you stopped in the story, yeah. uh, the doctor was just about to come in. Was Kevin so she, with you or are you still by yourself? At this point, I'm by myself. He wasn't allowed in. And so it was after she was already in there and she was amazing. She was calm. So this part about it, uh, even though I'd never met her before, she was experienced. And so she held it together where I didn't know how to hold it together at that point. So that part was amazing. And so then he's allowed to come in and he comes in and we're both just, this is unreal. Like my heart had turned numb at that point. I didn't know what was going on, I think. It's a shock, right? And I think that at that point also they say, do you want your parents or do you want your mom to come? And I said, no, I don't want her to be here for this right now. This is just something so awful and sad. So then I look at the doctor and I look at her and I'm like, what now? What happens now? And she looks at me and she goes, you're just going to have to deliver the baby. And at that point I thought, wow, okay. And so this part of the whole going into labor with this baby is what really astounds me is that I went into it thinking I want to feel the pain because I want to feel something mm -hmm. right because I at that point it was like just nothing it's just and so I go into labor and it was extremely common it was just her maybe another nurse and I deliver this baby and I didn't feel a single bit of pain, nothing. And so that tells me that either my body was in complete shock or that mentally you either psych yourself up when you're delivering to think, oh, this is going to be really hard. Or maybe you have a little bit of power to think I can do this and this is going to be fine. Okay. So then I deliver the baby and then they take the baby and they say, do you want to see the baby? And I didn't have any answers to anything. I said, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do. So they take the baby. They put the baby in the incubator facing away from me because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if I wanted to see the baby or not. And, and then finally the doctor leaves immediately and she's fine and she's composed. And that was great. She was calm. But then the nurse comes in and usually they look after you and they want to help you and they clean you up a little bit. And she takes the rag you want to do this you want to clean yourself up <laughs> probably swollen from all the crying and just like feeling just like staring at the baby wishing the baby would just like all of a sudden jump up and breathe and the nurse comes in and just do you want to clean yourself up and I was like I don't know I don't know what's going on right now and then she leaves and then another person who deals with that sort of thing sits down and goes through with oh, this is what's going what you're going to have to do and this is going to have to happen and you're just like staring and then the doctor came in later and she goes what was going on in your relationship we're trying to find an answer and an excuse as to maybe why it wasn't and I'm not saying it was their fault it was absolutely not their fault but I didn't have the care I, I probably should have but trying to find an excuse as to oh this is probably why it happened and and so really, truly what I, I believe in my heart, because I saw also, but it was the umbilical cord had wrapped around the baby, but maybe there was other things going on that I didn't know. And they did a bunch of testing and nothing really came up. And I didn't want to 
further any testing with the baby. It was like, that was what God wanted. And that was it. And that was fine. But a nurse came in and said she was curious. And she, she pulled down the little blanket and I could see like rubbing of the skin here. So I thought maybe God wanted me to see that so I could be at peace and just be like, this is probably what it was. But that was that. And that was very difficult. And we wanted to leave immediately. And it was hard. And they give you a little, like a 10 pound bear to take with you, which is wonderful. But and so that's very hard. So we wrote a little letter to the baby and we left him there. And it was awful. It was really hard for the following six months, up to a year. I had a really hard time, but it was like the first like six months. And that was very difficult. And so that was that. Uh, yeah. You let me just interrupt for a second and say, yeah. I really appreciate, I really honor that story. And I really just, I feel so much for you. You still tell it like, like it still has so much impact on you when you tell the story. And I cannot imagine what it was like to actually go through it. Yeah. So I sympathize with all the women who there are, there are many. Once you lose a baby, all of a sudden, all a lot of friends and a lot of people and relatives come out and they say, I lost a baby too. And you can sympathize, right? Because before then it was a, somewhat of a foreign thing to try to understand. But then you realize that so many women go through it. But I held on to my faith. And my children were incredible. I didn't try to hide anything from them. And my husband and every, my family was incredible and supportive and friends came out of nowhere. And it was like little angels everywhere, right? With gifts and treats and blessings and flowers and prayers from churches. And so that kind of got me through it. And so then we feel like you still need your little baby. So my husband and I, six months later, were like, okay, like we, we need another little baby. We do, we really do. And so we were excited to have another one. And quickly, I quickly realized after losing one is you go into thinking like, it'll make me like fill my heart again after that little loss, right? Or that big loss, but it doesn't. It's another baby and it's another beautiful soul. And so each individual baby has its own little space, right? And so it's not, it's not like she took the place of, of the other ones. The other one's in heaven. She's got her own space and we love her, right? So going into this pregnancy then, super stoked, super excited, kind of afraid. I thought, am I going to be really nervous? Am I going to be really, is this going to be scary? Because maybe there's other underlying issues. No, like all these thoughts come about. So as soon as my parents found out, my dad, especially, which I found really interesting. They were like, you're not going to the, you're not going to the hospital. You're going to deliver your baby at home or somewhere else, but you're not going to the hospital. They really, they lost trust in that going through that experience. I feel, and it, I had thought about it, but in my mind, I was like, I'll just go through it and I'll just wait at home again. And we'll just, I'll try to find a better doctor or whatever. But it was my dad's trying to encourage to find a different way completely was what really sparked in me the need to go online and okay because he one day I was with him and he said if you don't find a midwife I'm gonna find one for you and usually it's, I would I think that it would be the other way around but because both of my grandmothers delivered many of their babies in their home and with midwives and it was wonderful and great I think in his heart he knew he understood that, that was a totally normal way of doing it also so there I, there I go, doing a little research and who's local and where do I go? And, and I came across you and I thought, this is, this seems wonderful and it's interesting. And I like what you have to say. And I want to 
I was trying to compare a little bit and I went to some of your YouTube channels and I just loved your energy. I think the knowledge that you have. And so a lot of wonderful things. And I told my husband, I was like, I really feel that I want to try this. I really want to see if this would work, right? Want to do something entirely different this time. So anywho, so there we go. There we go. We go to your, our first meeting with you. And my husband's like really skeptical and really, really, truly, this is what you want to do. Okay. We'll try it out. We'll check it out. And upon our first meeting, I thought, oh my God, this is amazing. And I told many of my friends, and I, I said, it was like going to your best friend's house. Mm. It was so just chill and relaxing and normal. Mm. And my husband kind of was like, oh, I really, I don't know. But if you want to do this, let's try to make you happy and have the baby and just have it all be well. He was like, I'll just I'll kind of go along and support you and we'll see you. So the more time I spent going to our little meetings, something incredible happened. I went from not really excited to go to the doctor to get checkups to being completely excited. And I know like that we would meet and I was just like laughing. We would just be laughing and your team was wonderful. So that was already incredible and different. Just feeling the love. So the difference this time was there's so many things that I could just go on forever, but the difference was that I would go to you and I would have concerns and we would come up upon challenges and it was very like, this is how we're going to go about it. This is how we're going to do it together. Very naturally. It was a lot more like specific and a lot more helpful and enriching and loving. It was, you can't, there is no comparison. And so it filled my heart. I was just like joyous, right? Felt that I felt the healthiest. I was happy. I was working out. I was excited to go see you. So that's the whole like meeting, getting our checkups done. So going into delivery. Okay. So I even wrote it down because there was many questions that I had because this was, I hadn't done this route before. And so one of the things was like, okay, is she going to be prepared? What, right. what happens if something goes on with the baby? Are the midwives really going to be prepared? And to answer that, my parents were even, everybody who saw it was like, wow. And for me, it was like, like you were a fairy and you came in and you set everything up magically. So without a little peep and just your sweetness and you were, and everything was perfect. And like you said yourself, if there are needs, there's an emergency that there's time we can figure something you'll, the baby will go to the hospital. And after my last experience, I was like, there was an emergency there and still nothing happened. So this is, I'm sure this is fine, but you're the way you set up and everything is professional. Everything was perfect. And then another thing for me was like, how am I going to deliver a baby at home? What about my other kids? What about you? How am I going to be screaming? It's going to be crazy. I know that someone mentioned to me, oh, it's going to be so messy. Really? You want to do that? So I thought like, how is this going to work really? And to answer that, I not only had, it so happened to be that my sister was like, you're so going to deliver the baby. I want to go see you right now. It so happened to be that, and she's got several children that not only were my kids here in the house, but so were my nephews and that's three of them and my parents, right? And my sister. So I had a full house of people when I was in labor. I was like, this is tremendous. This is incredible. And it was totally fine. So I go into labor with this wonderful little child and and it's so incredible. You know, I had my kids and my nephews in the pool, my sister in the pool, my sisters. 
in the pool hangout and there I am on the lounge chair. I'm enjoying the sun, the kids in the pool and every so now and then I would just smile through a contraction, it was fine. And then at some point, my husband's oh, I think, should we call? I think you're really going into labor. I'm like, I, I don't wanna waste anyone's time. I think it's fine, it's fine. So he starts kind of like to set the birthing pool up, which I was like completely skeptical about. I'll get to that. So he starts setting everything up and my sisters are kind of quietly like getting really excited. So they're like, can I help you? What can we do? What do we need to set up in the room? So they start setting up and I'm just like, it's fine, it's fine. It's probably gonna be a while. Then at some point he, we call, right? At once or we call it twice. And we had already decided that it's probably gonna be a fairly quick delivery. Okay. So then I really, I start going into labor and everything is set up. The birthing pool is nice and warm. And then going into a little bit later, I'm walking, by that time, the stars are out, the moon is out. So I'm walking outside and you guys are probably setting up quietly like little fairies. Mm -hmm. And I'm walking out and every so now and then I would just hold onto a tree and take a few <laughs> breaths and then, okay, keep moving. And then I thought, oh, the contractions are getting a little stronger. So I come and at that point, that's when uh, I start holding onto the, the doorway and that's my little kind of safe spot. So to hold on to it, kind of bow my head to feel it, feel it's like strength and say a prayer. And really my prayer was, thank you, God. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for this baby. It's positive. Thank you for being grateful. Mm. And so I did that for a little while. And someone suggested I go into the little birthing tub. And of course, the my sisters had come and, I, and it was, I mentioned it like watching paint dry. Like I didn't want, I didn't want to almost like waste anyone's time or just take too long it's kind of okay so they would come and go and finally I decided okay maybe let's close the door because we get my dad's out here and so then I get into the birthing tub and it's cozy and it's warm and I was like oh what if it starts getting really painful and what if I can't get out this is gonna suck right so I like like go in one foot in the other and then, oh my God, this is magic. And literally I was like, my, my husband comes over and he's like fanning me. And my mom's bringing over like sweet lemonade, right? Whatever I want. The pain went away. The contractions, like there was no more. And I thought, oh, I was like, this is going to take long because now I don't feel anything. So actually the birthing pool was magical, really. So then I thought, okay, we got to get this baby delivered now. So then that's when I go on my knees and I hold on to the side and I feel my mom's there again. And her little magic touch is like, just hold on to my little forehead. Give me some strength and prayer or whatever, which I so appreciate. And I loved, but, and then of course my husband, like, what, what do you need? What do you need? He would say something and I'd be like, shh. <laughs> so then I hold on to the little side of the pool on my knees. And then very quickly I start feeling the baby kind of descending. And I start making it like deep, like breathing and louds. And I start like making some sounds, right? So the baby starts coming out. And, and then I asked you, who's going to catch the baby? And so you were like, oh, we're just, you're going to deliver the baby. And then I'll move the baby around to, so that the baby can go underneath you. And then you can catch the baby. The most magical thing that I loved about this, this one was that you were there and your sweet words were, you're doing a beautiful job. You, this is wonderful. You're doing such a beautiful job, Daisy. And hearing that, I was like, oh. all of a sudden, all the power that I felt that I never had ever before came back to me. To hear that, I think is so magical. And so then deliver the baby. And this baby, she was healthy. She was 
big. She weighed what over eight pounds, which I didn't expect. So I could just feel her and I, my, my stomach muscles to like squeeze. Let's just you know, push you out. That was the only time that I truly felt like, oh, out <laughs> a little, <laughs> but not in a way. And this is what I want to tell mothers and you mothers. It's kind of like you're on your menstrual cycle and you have a very intense cramp, but your body knows what to do. And so your muscles contract and you feel it, right? And yes, your bones open up and you're going to feel the baby come out. So anyway, deliver the baby and it takes me a second to regroup. And then you very quietly just redirect her underneath me. Were you on your hands and knees? I was on my knees, but holding onto the side of the pool, there's like little handles and I was just grasping, right? And you lightly tap me and you say, okay, whenever you're ready, the baby's there waiting. And I open my eyes and I see the little baby, the sweetness kind of emerging from the water in the pool. And I just grab a little, hold on to her. And my hands and I kind of sit back and I'm like in awe. And I know we took some pictures and there's a little video and my jaw is just like, this just happened, this little miracle of birth. And it was amazing. And so that was wonderful. Lying in your own bed with your sweet little baby surrounded by all the people that you love and your children there is nothing more magical than that and there you are like weighing the baby checking the baby it's just so wonderful and then like you clean up like little fair and everything was perfect so for those people that question what if it's messy it's not that it's a miracle like it's normal. There's nothing weird about it. And then I know you guys came back and were just following up tremendously and, and came back like the next day to check on the baby. And uh, many times after then, and to not have to go to the doctor, to the pediatrician to take your baby immediately and do all of this. Oh my gosh. It is amazing. It feels, you know how when you go on vacation and like you have to go to the grocery store and then you have to go eat like all these things that you have to do when you're on vacation that are, yeah. that take away from the vacation. Totally. It feels like after you have a baby, you probably have that same sense of, I just want to be here. I don't want to go anywhere else. I don't want to have to get up. I just need to, I need, I feel like so clearly that I just need to be right here and not well, exactly you don't want the stresses of oh my now I have to take my baby out now I have to strap her and now I have to drive her now yeah. you know and, and my body is still tired and I, I feel like I need to rest like all that stress goes away and it is the it is the only time truly that I and also because you really were like pushing you need what are you going to do after the baby and remember and, and I was like oh I don't know I haven't really thought about it we just kind of play it by ear and, just, and you were like that's why you're like you're not gonna plan it <laughs> and then your sweet story I loved your story you know that packet you sent and the story of the woman and taking care of herself and having red sheets and the, the monkeys outside it was, she made it sound so magical I was so inspired like my husband was like really I was like this is like inspiring you, you gotta plan it out um that made all the difference mm -hmm. in the postpartum sense right mm -hmm. having a plan and under having everyone else understand, no, you are really truly going to rest and you're going to take care of your baby for a few weeks and they're going to spoil you because you're going to be spoiling the baby. Also, there is nothing more beautiful. I honestly can tell you that I felt, and it was for that first week that it really, not too many visitors, have, but for the first four to six weeks, I was in a state of euphoria. Mm. My husband, and my children were feeding me, were making sure the space was cleared. 
And so that my sole job, and even though it's a lot of work, it's a lot of time, but it's so beautiful that you can devote your days to your little ch- brand newborn. And so you're giving that brand newborn all of your love. And then at the same time, you're receiving so much love and it makes all the difference. I think in our culture, it's not a common theme to want to do this for six, really it's six weeks that you should rest. Do it, make a plan. So that to me was incredible. And then you guys come and check on the baby. That's incredible. And then you came and we did the closing of bone ceremony. And that was just like the cherry on top, right? (laughs) And I feel that every woman should experience that because you go through nine months of pregnancy, you go through delivering a baby, then you devote your days in, in nursing and changing and loving on your baby. And to have you or whoever come in and to say it's almost like a prayer of, of gratitude, right? For you, it was it was incredible. So thank, thank you so much for all of your love for humanly love. And for your love for what you do, for being a midwife and bringing little babies into the world or helping mommies do that. Yeah, it's the pride and joy of my life. So thank you for, thank you for that, Daisy. It's so wonderful to get to do it. And it's so wonderful to be seen for what I do. And so thank you. I gratefully accept your, your high accolades. And I think it's, there's so many things I want to say, but working with a person of faith, is always good for me because it always means that you, you will attribute good things or bad things to the, to God, to a greater force in, of love and goodness in the world. Right. Absolutely. And so that it aligns with how I think of God. It aligns with how I think of what God is for us. And, and it just means that like, I can trust more in how you will react to things because it's probably not going to be your fault or my fault. It's probably going to be God's working. Absolutely. Whatever else happens. Absolutely. That's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And then can I ask you a question? Do you remember by any chance at, towards the end of the bone closing ceremony? Do you remember if I talked about birds flying into your tree? I don't remember that part. Did okay. you? I don't know. There was a new piece of the ceremony that came when I did it with you. And every, okay. sometimes when I do the ceremony, like different parts come up like different women bring up new aspects that I hadn't thought of before. Uh-huh. I thought that with you, it was the birds. What was, what resonated beautifully with me, it was, it was bringing in all of my like ancestors, like my grandmothers and things like that, bringing them in and sharing that they were in a circle and that so touched my heart. But the birds in the trees are wonderful. <laughs> I love that. And then for this experience, it was like, you reminding me that this baby is her own little self, right? And for you, I think being spiritual and having a sense of, I don't know, instinctually, I think you were like, this baby seems a little worried. Tell her you love her. She's her own little self. And I thought that she's right. So this whole being a midwife is cool because there's a whole spiritual aspect that you don't get anywhere else there's a whole humanly love and then just taking care of the mommy it's just let's work together to ensure that you are going to have an amazing pregnancy and an amazing birth like my husband said it feels very designed for you and your family individually it's not the routine but anyway so redemptive yes 
and when you emailed me and you sent me the little list and I was like, okay, I was like, I want to start off by saying that all the more amazing because truly God was there and my babies are here and one is in, in heaven. It's fine. But realistically speaking, are the experiences even comparable? No, no. What do you mean by that, Dizzy? It's like I said before, it's very wholesome, right? It's a, having a midwife or one that is loving and caring truly and loves her job is just like having a wholesome experience. Yeah. So it nurtures you, right? It nurtures your whole being. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you walk away from a visit, you feel more of yourself. You feel like more ready to love your kids, more ready to go into being pregnant and handling the hip pain and the lack of sleep and the fears and the, right. So more empowered. That's that kind of will go. It's just there for a little while and then you get over it and then you forget about it. But the whole experience you will remember forever, right? Remembering the beautiful experiences is just like amazing. I love that. And that's how, again, I think that's, I think that's how it was meant to be like at its best. I think that's one of the rewards for being a mother because you you have the most, the most important job on the planet. There isn't a more tiring job (laughs) and there isn't a more important job than the one that you have chosen to take on. Absolutely. And being set up for success is imperative, right? Like yeah. feeling empowered, like you yeah. just brought this little child into the world and you feel loved and you're ready to give that love to your child. Yeah. Yeah. It's so beautiful. And so it, it just translates into everything. It's not yeah. just the nine months. It's not just the living a baby. It's yes. you're carrying this like beautiful feeling with you. And it's a feeling of success, right? Every time it feels like six, but this is truly like your heart is just happy. yeah and I feel if you have if you Daisy have that if every mother had that then it translates in a way better world a way better world percent I mean I think that being pregnant delivering and raising a child is if you have that really good strong foundation then it translates into you're able to raise really good wonderful loving children because they have felt that from the start a hundred percent that is what it's about right there and then they're taking that right they're taking that into their classrooms they're taking that into their sports they're taking that into their leadership of our country they're taking that into their their family they'll create one day Mm -hmm. all of those things you and I have such an an amazing ability to make an impact Mm -hmm. in our future it is absolutely true, but it's so fun. So if I ever get pregnant again, uh, Katie, <laughs> that's still a possibility. Straight back to you. You never know. You never know. Okay. You never know. We're so fulfilled and we're so happy and we feel so blessed yeah. with the children that we have. There's no perfect system. <laughs> right. If God has a different plan, I don't know. <laughs> that is true. But I would that absolutely want thousand percent go this route again I'm so grateful that's your experience and that you're willing to like be a spokesperson for it today thank you so much I was really looking forward to our little meeting and talking about it and it's also very healing for me right in Mm -hmm. certain aspects I think to talk about it but just a reminder of like how cool your job is and what a difference you can make and how lucky the women are that get to have you as their midwife. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you. My job is so cool. It is so cool to get to be there. And sometimes, JC, sometimes it's freaking hard. Like sometimes like your birth was so smooth and when they're not smooth, it's hard. And so that's why, but even when it wasn't, you addressed beautifully and calmly and you were super encouraging and it was, it was great. So that's super cool. Oh, okay. Yes, please. All right. We should probably let you get back to mothering and <laughs> being out there in the world. Um, <laughs> thank you so much, Daisy. Thank you so and much. Thank you so much for being there and for enlightening my birthing world. <laughs> and for being yourself and for all you do. <laughs> Enjoy the We won. <laughs> we won. <laughs> What's magical about Daisy's story is how it went so deep into the sad and the difficult and the unimaginable into the redemptive, incredible, proud, full of love birth story. Thank you, everyone, for listening through Daisy's story. Thanks for um, sharing your time with us. And just keep remembering, right, we all have to do the work, but we were never meant to do it alone. Take your breaths. Take your time. And thank you for all that you do. And we'll see you on the next episode of A Better Next Birth.